Hello, friends. It's Rebecca Conran here on the New Story Podcast. Uh, I'm an astrologer. I'm a certified holistic life coach and energy healer. And uh, on this podcast, we talk about what's going on in the astrology, the energetic themes that we feel. And um, I also discuss some of my musings around what I see in sessions that I'm having, um, what I'm seeing in my own experience um, to do with that. Today is the full moon in Capricorn, um, which might be why this is coming up in terms of it's really important time right now um, as the sort of opposition between the sun and cancer, which I am also, I'm a sun and Mars in cancer, and the moon in Capricorn, I'm a rising Capricorn. And there's this pull, push and pull between um, our vitality and how we express ourselves out into the world you know, and our emotional, what's going on with us emotionally, what we can actually give, what our duties really are, and our duty to ourself. And this episode, I'm, I've, um, you know, included the word villain in the, in the um, description of it, because um, something that I've experienced throughout my life uh, is Um, the more that I am centered in myself and take care of my own, put my own oxygen mask on first, the more that um, sometimes friends and family and and people who are closer to you, even clients, can paint you as a villain. Um, Because when you can't provide what they want you to provide in terms of energy or care because you're busy giving it to yourself, um, People love to fight back against that and sometimes become so irate and unhappy and will paint you in all kinds of lights around, you know, your who you are because you simply have good boundaries. This is all coming up for me, too, because when I was in England, I had a really hard time with boundaries with my with my mother And um, this energy really had to do with me as a child. And um, I have not spent any kind of time with my parent in a long time. And um, I went to England where I was born to um, care for my um, mother and who was grieving her grandfather. Her father had just passed. He is 93 years old. And so much stuff came up around it. Um, You know, just so much stuff came up around it. And one of the main things that I experienced was um, because in general, you know, your parent, when you don't see them very often, they are always putting on like a friendly face or whatever. There's a, a mask going on. Sometimes you don't remember the darker aspects um, to their personalities. So when, as my mother was struggling with her own emotional stuff, I really saw a lot of the darker side of my mom and her personality. And I found this, and this is not to judge, you know, obviously everybody has that. I have that. Um, but what happened to me was it triggered my childhood memories. And um, I really felt that I was back 
in my childhood in terms of my physical body. Obviously, my mind and my emotions were working as me, this adult woman. But my body, I could feel the stress in my in my physical carrier of um, what it was like to be in a household with this person my whole childhood. And I became violently, like internally, violently opposed to being there and being in her company. It was very, very difficult for me to manage my own self-care uh, while I was there. And I really had to push to do it. Um, you know, um, things that I do are really against my family's religion, you know? And so me going to yoga and things like that, um, I had to really push to go and do those things. And I mean, not really because it wasn't much of a push cause I was going to go fucking do those things. Um, but I had to put up with whatever kind of the, um, you know, the <clears throat> pushback might be around just meeting my own needs, going for a walk, something even as benign as that, um, I would get, um, pushback over. And so, um, it was this constant, continual just fight. Um, and, um, I found it very difficult to sort of be there for my mom during that period because um, it felt as though I had never had anyone be there for me and in that moment I really needed to be there for me and what became so apparent was this um, emotional and physical abandonment that I had experienced um, as a child and that became my my prime concern um, because I really was in a very um, vulnerable state because of it. So, you know, I got to thinking a lot about um, this concept of being the family villain. And um, I went and visited some of my cousins who are 10 and 12 years younger than me. And we all have um, similar experiences in that we, our parents are siblings, obviously, um, and those are our, the Indian parents. And both of our parents married a white person, and um, uh, my dad married a white woman, and their mom married a white man. And so our experience of that and then our experience of being raised as Jehovah's Witnesses who were basically waiting for Armageddon to come any day. And we were these poster children for the religion in terms of we were so good at being Jehovah's Witnesses when we were little um, because that's all we'd ever known. And we were uh, so powerful speakers and powerful explainers of the Bible and blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, you know, even though I left long before they did, um, they also left and have their own experience of, you know, the homophobia of the relate of the religion, transphobia of the religion, um, things like that. So, um, you know, they definitely have their set of experiences that they're going through too. And when I left, um, you know, when I first just knew that the religion wasn't for me, I was only 13 years old and I didn't know anything else. I had been so sheltered. Um, I wasn't allowed to have 
friends that weren't in the religion. Um, I Everything in my life was really severely controlled in terms of, you know, um, we didn't have access to the internet freely. Um, I didn't have access to books and music freely. Um, so everything that I was believing in was coming from a deeper place within me. Even at 13 years old, I was like, this is not what I believe. I just can't see how this is the truth. And a lot of it came through the hypocrisy of my family. Um, how could it be the truth when my family was so miserable and my, my home life was so full of um, people abusing one another verbally and emotionally and, and sometimes physically and um, it just being such an unhappy place? Um, it just seemed to me to be the absolute opposite to what um, I imagined God's love would feel like. So at a very young age, I became the villain in my family. And villain being, I was the non-believer. I was the one with the apostate views. And uh, all of this sort of came to a head at 16 when I graduated high school and my dad told me that if I didn't want to be a Jehovah's Witness, that I wasn't welcome to live at home. And um, so I went off into the world and that's its own incredible story in and of itself of survival. But my um, experience with my family and uh, when, I, when I got to spend time with my cousins in, um, in London and we were just, you know, it was the first time when I felt really like um, I hadn't seen my cousins in a long time. I hadn't gotten to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. And I just felt like, wow, these are people that really get it. <laughs> you know, they get me and my experience and um, just the unconditional love that we had for one another. It really felt like family to me. And all of us have been villainized by our family in some way for really just being ourselves, for nothing other than not meeting the expectations that they had for us. And sometimes this is a really dark villainy where we've been cut off from our families. And, um, you know, I spent my whole, uh, from 16 years old, my grandmother never spoke to me again, you know. Um, and um, it's, it's incredible that, and even my non-Jehovah's Witness family, they think I'm just a, asshole to my mother, right? They think that I'm just a shit daughter um, because they don't have a concept of what it was like to be raised in this orthodox religion and the household that I lived in. So they just think that I'm someone who doesn't make it a point to go and visit my mom and doesn't feel those kind of familial duties. And something I've learned is that I don't feel those sense of duties. Um, I don't feel a sense of duty to people that don't have an unconditional love for me. And it doesn't matter if we're related by blood. It doesn't matter at all. Um, the point is that if someone doesn't want to see you and love you for who you are, you certainly don't have a duty to um, their needs above your own, right? So obviously if my... If my family members um, needed something, I would really try my best to support them if it was in my means to do so. 
if it was in my energetic means to do so or my emotional means to do so. What I found out in England was that it was not in my emotional means to be the parent to my parent when they needed that kind of caretaking. And everything in me said, fucking take care of yourself. And for far too long, you've had me taking care of you on every level. And this stops now. And it really helped me witness a lot of blind spots for me in terms of things that I had been putting up with energetically um, that are not my responsibility. And so, you know, as we are working through this full moon energy around what is my duty and my responsibility, you know, we are coming up against this, these places where these rubs, you know, where, um, we have to really, if we're going to survive, sometimes you have to really harness your own fucking survival. And it's not always as clear as it was to me when I was in England. When I was in England, I felt like I was under so much emotional, physical duress and energetic duress that I couldn't do anything but focus on my own. I was like, I'm not going to survive this. Like, I'm going to implode. Um, I felt like um, I was in a state of terror and um, I was witnessing it from like the out side looking in because I have all this wisdom and I have all of this learning um, but I was really witnessing what little me had experienced and that was this pure terror really and fear and um, and just total overwhelm and so for me I was like my responsibility here is to make sure I take care of this little girl and um that I'm sure was very difficult for my mom and I'm sure was difficult, um, you know, is difficult for other people around me as I um, have been sort of coming out of a period of like deep introspection and, and in some ways some burnout um, and opening up my schedule where I feel it's appropriate or where I can or where I have the energy to do so and closing it off where I don't. And, um, you know, one of the things I've found the most is that, um, when you have to say no a lot, people really take it personally and they will kick back at you and they will villainize you and make you into a, um, they'll paint their, they'll project their, their unmet expectations onto you. And this is just something that is part of a healer's path. It really is. You know, as you have boundaries, as you take care of yourself, as you say, this is where I begin and this is where I end. That's not always going to overlap with other people around you. And you're going to have to deal with them, um, being, um, frustrated by that. And in some ways, you know, a boundary for me, boundaries are so much connected to my energy, right? So where I have given too much energy typically, and then I pull back out of that. And that's where people really get pissed because I'm no longer feeding them. I'm no longer providing, um, the, um, the energy for them you know, and so there's a lot of kickback around it. And, um, 
you know, one of the most important things I want to say today is that you must not doubt yourself and your own boundaries and how you feel. Um, recently, you know, I am, I am, I would say, um, clearer emotionally and mentally than I've ever been. Um, physically, I'm, I'm not working at full capacity every day. And some days I'm feeling really energized. And some days I'm feeling just like, nah, I don't want to see people. I don't want to talk to people. And I really reflect that in the work that I do as well. You know, um, I have no problem canceling or rescheduling something that I don't have energy for. And that's part of being tuned into this right now is that um, on a whole, I feel like spirit really protects me. The universe kind of I'm in I'm in flow with with the universe. Um, but sometimes I try to push myself to do if I try to push myself to do something that is, um, you know, I might want to do, but I just don't have the physical capability for it. It's also knowing that when to say I just can't do this, you know, and to um, to take yourself out of those situations and loving people are going to get that. You know, and people who have good boundaries are going to get that. They're going to they're going to understand. Um, like if someone came to me and they said, look, I want to hang out, but I just can't blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, no worries. You know, that makes sense. Like you got to just take care of yourself. And that's um, the reaction you're going to get from people who have a connection to good boundaries is they're going to be understanding and they're going to get it. Um, and people who don't have good boundaries are going to be pissed and they're going to be like, well, why can't I have what I want? Or why are you changing things? And, um, you know, it's OK for people to have their knee jerk reactions to things sometimes, too. Sometimes when somebody thinks about something, maybe they have a different understanding of it. But in this world, when you have a when you take care of yourself, first and foremost, which you must which you must, because no one else is going to do that for you. There's absolutely nobody on this earth that's going to take care of you first and foremost, unless you're a child and your parent care. Um, that's really the only time when someone else is putting your needs first, if you're fucking lucky. Okay, because like that didn't happen for all of us. Some of us, um, myself included, our parents put themselves first, even though they were meant to be our caretakers. And then we became even further away from that connection to self-care, you know, to being able to say, I, it's right for me to take care of myself first and foremost. It's right for me to um, uh, make sure that my own oxygen mask is on. So, you know, in our day and age, nobody, not one person, not your partner, not your child, not your parent, nobody, when you become an adult, or late teen or whatever, is going to understand what your needs are and be able to facilitate them other than you. You're the mastermind behind it. You have to be the one calling the shots. You have to be the one understanding it all. Um, a good practitioner will help to facilitate it because they will help to mirror back at you what your needs really are if you have a lot of blind spots, if you have a lot of energy overload, if you have just a confusion around it because you've never put yourself first. Um, but again, 
a good practitioner is also going to lead you back down the road of learning how to put yourself first and learning how to care for your needs in an intrinsic way. Um, and so on this full moon, it's so important to understand first and foremost, when we talk about duty and responsibility, your duty and your responsibility is to you. And so when we look at our lives, we have to go, okay, what does that look like? What is me having, um, what is me being tuned into my self-responsibility really look like? And then where does everybody else fit into that post that? So many of us are living with so much internal stress. Um, for me, it's not an emotional or mental stress. It's an energetic stress. And there's definitely a reason why I was called to work with energies. Um, because it's a place of, um, of healing for me. It's something that uh, I really had to learn about how my energy was being usurped, even from being very little, and how... Um, energy was being sent to me in an abusive way. Um, as I've mentioned on here before, the type of um, sexual abuse I experienced was an energetic sexual abuse. So I, I mean, it was more than that. But when I was very little, I was, and hopefully, warning, I'm just going to talk about some of my sexual abuse for anybody who may feel triggered by this. Um, when I was small, uh, around like eight, nine, ten years old, I was videotaped changing by somebody who my parents let me go off with who was a member of the congregation. He used to take my brother and I swimming. And so um, I once caught him watching a video of me and jerking off, right? So yes, all of that was very unsettling for, for a long time after that. I used to worry that I was being watched and it definitely came back up for me in my adult years as, um, as post-traumatic stress. Um, but I did used to worry when I was in changing rooms and things like that, I would feel as a little girl, very, very worried that <clears throat> somebody was watching me. And what really is that? That's somebody sending me their energy, their sexual energy, their um, their um, whatever that sort of, they're using me in an energetic way, right? <clears throat> and so um, part of that is how it became my blind spot around energy. You know, that um, sometimes these places of abuse become openings, Um unwittingly to us because when it's happening to us we're children and then if things aren't if you're not properly cared for when something like that happens you just don't know how to do anything about it you might just disassociate from it completely and one of the main experiences I've had in my life is having to unravel energetic blind spotting where I'm sent energy that I don't fucking want. <laughs> and I don't think this is unique to me. I think this is um, part of like how people are. Um, but, and in some ways, I think when I was younger, I participated in sending energy, um, especially sexual energy to people who I should have not done that, you know? Um, and what I mean is even just like when you 
are using someone as a fantasy or something like that. You're really sending them that energy. And without them being your consenting partner, it's really inappropriate to send anybody energy in this way. It's invasive. And um, so unraveling all of the kind of work around that um, has been um, work that I've had to do. And in doing that, I've really, you really notice um, that when you pull your energy out of situations where it doesn't belong because you become aware and you, uh, in the, in your awareness, you set new, a new course for yourself and a new energetic boundary. Those people become really pissed. <laughs> they become very angry. It's what you might refer to as a vampire. You know, someone who has been, and and maybe not in any kind of conscious way. They're not meaning to be this way, but it's coming from an ir from not being a responsible person to themselves. When you're not a responsible person to yourself, then you're hardly going to be responsible to anybody else either. And so, while I'm not judging why people are vampires in the way that they're moving through the world, um, it really is not the right way to be moving through this world. It's a way that is selfish and lazy. And really the selfishness that we see is when uh, people think that they are entitled to our energy and our time and our duty um, when they're not. <laughs> they're not. No one is entitled to anything at all. It doesn't matter if they're your blood relative or not. No one is entitled to your body, your energy, your emotional space, your mental space, unless it's yours to give to them, unless you have it um, and it feels good uh, or it feels peaceful at least to do so or it feels um, like a matched experience where you feel taken care of in the situation too. And a lot of the energy that we're moving into, we're moving into the North Node uh, and South Node are going to change signs this month. This is a big shift for us. And it's moving into Aries. And for me, like when I think of Aries and when we move into the Aries space, and the North Node is our karmic destiny forward. This is the shit that we're here to work on. This is our destined wisdom that we're learning, um, that we've got to step into this place. Um, and it's it's uh, south node like um, opposite what we're here to let go of is all this Libra energy and it's the Libra shadow energy so it's us versus other okay our destiny is to be further into the quality of us and to be um, moving away from the shadow aspect of other not that we're moving away from other and the beautiful connections that we all deserve and should have, but that we're moving away from the shadow aspects of that, like approval seeking and, um, you know, um, just needing for others to, like being willing to give up ourselves because we get some, because we're liked because of it, you know, because people like us. Um, it just doesn't, it's not going to work long term and period ever for anybody. And these are things that we're here to really move forward 
in a in a more dynamic way and i'm gonna do a, a little uh energy report on the changing of the nodes so we'll talk a lot more about that but this full moon is really um and and also the the venus retrograde that we're going to experience in in leo coming up here too this is about our personal power and our um where we give up our personal power and where we refuse to. And where you refuse to, you will be villainized for it. You will. Somebody is not going to like that. And this is such an important time to really stand in our own truth and to not doubt ourselves. To really not doubt ourselves. Um, You know, I think sometimes what we think of when we think of like well, I don't doubt myself. Well, maybe we'll think, well, wow, you got a, a healthy ego there, a big ego. Um, and I want to talk about the difference between ego um, and healthy um, self-entitlement, I guess. Um, and maybe entitlement's not the right word um, because we're not really, what we're entitled to is our own, is our own uh, care, <laughs> Okay. We're entitled to that 100%. You're entitled to your own 100% care of you. Um, and so the difference, I think, between um, someone who may, may say, look, I'm not going to doubt myself. I'm going to listen to myself. And that being um, an ego uh, thing or not is that we're talking about um, – being right about your own personal needs. We're not talking about being right in general, being right about everything. You know, um, we're saying that nobody can understand what it's like to be you. Nobody, even the closest people to you, will never actually understand what your deeper experience is like. You know how your body feels. You know what is going on with you emotionally and mentally. You are the only person who can be empowered within your own body about your own experience. And so when we talk about not doubting the self, um, it's not doubting that you are the master of you and how you feel about your uh, how to move through the world. We're not saying um, that you're always right about everything, but but what I am saying is that you're right about your experience and what you um, and your perspective. And um, let me see if I can give you an example of this. So everything to do with your healing experience, the person who has the most information on it is you. Other people might come in there. It's like if you're dating somebody, you know, someone might come in there and say, you might say, well, this person isn't a very good communicator via text message or whatever about a situation you're in. And someone else might come in and they're going to project their experience onto that. And maybe someone was cheating on them and that's why they weren't texting. Or maybe someone was um, just busy working and that's why they weren't texting. And so they're going to project their personal experiences onto your situation. But only you know how your situation feels. Whether it feels like, well, 
maybe I'm overreacting because I have a sensitivity to people not communicating with me. Um, or maybe you have a, a niggling feeling inside that something is wrong and that something is bad, you know, about the connection you have with somebody. Don't allow the doubt of others to, uh, or the information of others or the, someone else's truth to override your own truth. You know, you must stay true to yourself and believe in what you feel about a situation first and foremost, even if it can't be outwardly validated. Um, and the same is true of our own healing experience and our, um, our meeting our own needs. It's not going to make sense to everybody. Um, and you have to really pay attention to yourself. And what happens when we let other people's doubting systems in when uh, is that when we feel um, connected to our own truth is that all of a sudden all that energy comes in the room and then we really start to doubt ourselves because once you give permission to those energies to come in everything drops into the room all that person's doubt and their projection comes into the room and it shifts your own experience. And now you've got to wade through a bunch of other energy, clear it all out so you can get back to that self-truth again. So, you know, I am someone who has learned to not doubt themselves. And I learned this the hard way because I wasn't allowed to have any identity of my own when I was young. And so as I got into my 20s, um, and my 30s, I really became very solid in my own truth. And I did away with needing to be the nice guy and the pleasant guy all the time. Um, not that I'm not nice or pleasant, but I just did away with those kinds of uh, people-pleasing tendencies. And I stand in my truth a lot. And um, I... I'm the first person to apologize when I feel that I need to apologize. And I don't apologize if I don't feel like I need to apologize. And um, these are difficult concepts for people to engage in in our world because our world is so full of this false nicety. But what is truly nice is to be a good example of self-care and to really pay attention to yourself and to what's going on. And this is so profound for our world. It's so profound when we sit in our own natural self, when we sit in our nature and we allow ourselves to be tuned into that, um, we become harmonized with all of the rest of nature that is in residing in that authentic place. And that's really what our world needs. It doesn't need us to fucking participate in these pretend fucking rituals. It needs us to really be genuine, authentic individuals. And as you do this, you're helping everybody, even if they don't fucking know it and will never know it. You should know it, though. You should know that it helps absolutely everyone when you take care of your own needs first and foremost, when you have solid boundaries of what you can and cannot do, 
when you listen to that, no matter what the repercussion is, when you listen and you follow that flow within, follow the peace, follow the centeredness. And um, that is what leads to true abundance and true um, support in this world is when you're no longer resisting because you're not pretending to be something that you're not. You don't have to be happy all the time to be abundant. You just have to be genuine. You have to be genuine. And um, you have to genuinely create the space for little you to have their needs met and to feel loved and worthy and protected and safe in this world. You're doing it for them. The most powerful part of me is that 13-year-old girl that lives inside of me. She's fucking fierce. She's absolutely incredible. She's not going to be told any kind of bullshit. She's going to absolutely trust in her own innate uh, connection to something more profound. And that little person is who I'm protecting and I'm raising onto my shoulders at any moment during the day. You know, that's who I'm listening to. That's who I'm caretaking and I'm nourishing. And if her needs have not been met, then no one's needs are going to be met that day. Right? And so today, you know, really tuning into it's okay to be the villain. It's not real. It's a projection. Um, It's okay to be um, the person that people are mad at. You know, don't, don't pay attention to it. Don't go into it energetically. Don't try to explain that that's not really you. You know it's not you. Don't in any way align with those energies and those beliefs. There's nothing wrong with putting your own needs first. You actually must do this. No one will do it for you. All right, my friends. Well, that is it for today's musings. Um, I'm offering a special, it's my birthday on July 20th, and I'm offering a special B-Day discount, $100 off, using the coupon code Rebecca B-Day um, on my website. So that's for soul astrology, for energy clearing in person or online. Um, any sessions booked uh, now through July 20th. Um, all you have to do is book now. It doesn't have to take place during this time. Um, if you, I don't know, sometimes people have an August birthday, they want to do a reading around then or something like that. You can definitely book for then. Um, but right now is when I'm holding this. I'm not going to be doing another kind of um, discount like this. But I'm feeling like Um, it's part of my gratitude for being in such a, I'm turning 40. I'm really enjoying this period of my life in terms of, I feel solid, even though, um, I have healing work that I'm doing. Um, and I am a Venus in Virgo and part of how I share my experience and share my love is through service, um, But also people have to pay for that service because there's an energy exchange that's got to happen. 
Um, but I am offering this, uh, this special discount. So if, if, uh, my readings have felt a little bit out of touch for you, maybe this is the time to book something. Um, and, uh, I also still have, uh, space at the September retreat that's going to happen in Shokan, New York. So if that's something that feels appealing to you, all of those things are linked in the show notes and, uh, I'll talk to you soon when we discuss more of the big shifts going on um, in July, like the nodes changing uh, signs and the upcoming Leo season energy report. All right. Lots of love, folks. Bye-bye.